On a show that talks about time traveling Bigfoot and alien sex cults. This is serious journalism, people. Serious. This time, this this like, time we mean it. If you think that there are not birds that are not <laughs> real, you're a moron. I do have a superstition that Satan and his minions yes. interrupt mm. technological yes. connections when conversations are getting yes. particularly interesting or, or important. At this point, I'm not throwing these weirdos out because maybe they're telling the truth. Why does everything have to be a hidden conspiracy where the <laughs> motives aren't really clear? where you can't tell what someone's intentions are from their words. Why, Abby, why? I, I feel like you're just not answering the question. It, there is a pattern here that is definitive, and mm-hmm. this leads us to the CEO's response, yeah. which is not the way that you Amazing. want to play being accused of in a conspiracy theory. Glowing metal things that are moving in impossible speeds and impossible directions, defying laws of physics, showing up over battlefields, showing up over important historical events for all of history. This is Chekhov's gun, you guys. It's the gun that's been sitting on the mantelpiece since Act 1. It's Act 3 now. I'm waiting for it to go off. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Conspiracy Pilled Season 3, Episode 15, Skull and Bones, Yale's Brotherhood of Death. I'm your host, PJ Williams, and with us, back with us today, finally, is my co-host, Abby Libby. How are you doing, Abby? Hi. You failed to replace me. I did. I tried, though. Yeah. We had your husband in here last week, so I was like, we got the same studio, the same microphone, (laughs) the same setup. It's like a perfect fit, and then you just sat in his seat again so we're, we're sat in his seat mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I see how it be i see yeah so uh how I you forgot doing to take the baby hat off the this is fine dog and now it's just kind <laughs> of a whole vibe it's just it's it's the thing right <laughs> this is, is fine dog is going to be upset when your baby's born and you have to then steal the hat from then him. take the hat away yeah. yeah it'll be spring though he won't be cold so okay <laughs> we are we are on x for the first time Yes. And, well, we used to forever ago stream from the Conspiracy Pilled account, right? But I don't remember. I think <laughs> we, we might did have, it I think we twice. did in the beginning. Um, but yes, for a while it went away. Our RTMP streaming went away. Yeah. Uh, so now we're able to stream there again. So hopefully that works. Uh, so yeah, feel free to check us out on there. Follow us on X. I, w- oh, I still want to say Twitter. Like there's a part of me that really doesn't want to call it X.com. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> follow us on Twitter or X.com slash conspiracy pill because <laughs> pilled is too long. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so yeah. I'm excited for this one. We're excited to be talking. We're getting to the secret societies, guys. We're going to be talking about a Finally. lot of secret societies coming up. So I know people have been requesting this. We're getting the Freemasons. We're getting the Illuminati, uh, Rosicrucians. Uh, there's so many of them. There's so many secret societies. There's so much to talk about there. Uh, but first, before we get into that, I just want to give a shout out to all the people who come over and make this show possible. So over on Locals, we have some new subs- new subscribers. We have... <laughs> I swear... Sometimes I swear people create their usernames just so I'll have to say them yeah, live on no, air. No, they do. So, sh- yeah, uh, they do. Plumpy Blumpkin, thank you for the <laughs> monthly support. And... <laughs> And not for sale in Midwest Redneck. Thank you for being yearly supporters Aww. over on conspiracypill.locals.com. Appreciate you guys. Also, 
unrelated to that, but a shout out is we have Whiskey Biz in the chat over here on Rumble. It is his birthday today. So if you see Whiskey Biz in the chat, wish him a happy birthday. Happy birthday. And, uh, I believe it's Ice Sun's birthday this weekend. So oh. happy birthday, you guys. Thank is you for Ice being Sun going to have a fake party three I know. days Wh- before her birthday? Whiskey Biz is like, hey, can you guys come to my birthday party? And then it's not even his freaking birthday. <laughs> today apparently is. So I guess we'll have a party here. But uh, <laughs> Jeez, some people think they get a whole birthday week or something. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> All right. Are we ready to get into this thing? Let's get into it. Let's talk about the skull and bones. All right. So it is not disputed by anybody that the skull and bones society is both powerful and notable. The only thing that's disputed is why and how it's powerful whether or not that's a bad thing, and if it's a bad thing, what makes it a bad thing? (laughs) They're an incredibly secretive society, but they have no interest in keeping secret their existence, their power, and their intrigue. (laughs) Uh, Mainstream media reports on them frequently and without apparent hesitation or censorship. And as I did my research on it, Something I hated about the coverage, which ha- was how much of it was just passing on rumors and occasionally referencing possible pieces of hard evidence, but not actually providing that evidence. So I'm leaning as far away from rumor as possible and pulling as much hard evidence as possible to show you that's what we're going to do. So let's start with this. The Ancient Eight Consortium. Have you heard of this? Uh, Well, only because you told me about it this week. But no, I had not heard of the Ancient Eight Consortium or Consortium, however you say it, uh, before this. Okay. So Yale University was founded in 1701 in New Haven, Connecticut, and it's the third oldest higher education institution in the country. The Ivy League schools, perhaps more than any other institution, have preserved the old culture of aristocracy. And that's something we're going to talk about kind of a lot. It's a theme that goes all the way through. But out of this culture of aristocracy at Yale grew kind of a long and glorious history of secret societies at Yale. So Skull and Bones was founded in 1832. So 130 years after Yale was founded. So much time has passed. Like yeah, some right. institutions are just so old. And Yale was founded before America was was founded, right? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> well, 17, 1701. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, 1776 yeah, would have been America. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's older than America. So true. Yep. Okay. So Skull and Bones was not the first Yale secret society, but it is the oldest surviving now. Gotcha. Um, so it was founded in 1832. To pr- put that in perspective, the Civil War began in 1861. The Civil War happened 30 years after Skull and Bones was created. So this is an old society. Old society, old money. Old money. Old family names. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's hard to pin down firm numbers on this because they're secret, but there are currently approximately 47 secret societies at Yale. But the most significant, uh, and everyone knows it, of these are the Ancient Eight Consortium. So the ancient eight are Skull and Bones, Scroll and Key. That one I've heard of. Mm -hmm. Berzelius. Mm -hmm. Nope. Wolf's Head. Yep. Book and Snake. Elihu. 
Mason Chain, and St. Elmo. It is Elihu, isn't that the name of one of the founders or something of Yale? Elihu Yale. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 Gotcha. Yes. <laughs> yes, that guy. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about him a little bit more later, too. So these eight stand out from the others, not only in their age, fame, and influence, but in that they are the only ones to be landed. They each have clubhouses on campus. They all call their clubhouses tombs. And because they have land, they have to file taxes. And they all file as 501c3 nonprofit organizations. And I don't know if there's anything to this, because numbers are sometimes weird. But there's eight... Secret societies, like eight elite secret societies at Yale, and there's eight Ivy League schools. Hmm. So, let's get into Skull and Bones in particular. The members of Skull and Bones are called Bonesmen, and their membership is lifelong. You you can't get out of it. Once a Bonesman, always a Bonesman. Always a Bonesman. Yep. Uh, Also known as the Brotherhood of Death, or (laughs) The Order, or... Order 322, and we're going to talk about that number later. So how it works is 15 juniors are tapped each spring by the outgoing senior class at Yale. So you're really only a member as a senior and then into perpetuity. That's what I was wondering because I heard that Bush interview this week, mm-hmm. um, and he was he said that he became a, a member of Skull and Bones as a senior. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, he's a pretty prominent family, so it must have been a senior class, yes. like an outgoing thing. Okay. Yeah, so you only spend one year at Yale in the society, and then the rest of your time in the society is out in the world doing whatever the society does out in the world. All right, so here we have their we have a drawing of their logo. It is yes, as you do. might expect a skull and bones. Very creative. Yeah, this is <laughs> so right, right right to the point. I like it. And the number three twenty two. Um, this is a sketch of the badge that they would wear to their meetings. So what they would wear to their meetings was this gold pin. And uh, this is an actual one of them. Um, this was auctioned uh, in 2020 on some Tiffany auction site. But this is a just a pure gold skull and bones pin. But somebody... Somebody from the society. I'm trying to figure out why is it being auctioned? Is it like the uh, the son or daughter of like a deceased? Probably. Probably. I can't imagine you're just like, oh, you know, I'm in that secret society that like hooks everybody up, but I'm falling (laughs) on hard times. I need to sell my pin. How much did it? Oh, oh, it says about five to six hundred dollar presale estimates. So, yeah, I bet it went for more than that. Yeah, probably. Yeah, they have. It was it was 2020. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, when the economy wasn't totally tanked. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So they have also when people were sitting at home with that sweet, sweet uh, government money buying <laughs> dumb stuff. I'm gonna spend <sighs> my stimulus check on a skull and bones. Pin. I did. I did it right, guys. I spent my stimulus check on building a new AR-15. So that, um, yeah, that's, if the that's government's good. gonna give you money, buy something that they don't want you to have. That's that's, that's what I think. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Skull and Bones, of course, has a clubhouse on campus. And of course, they call it a tomb. They call it the Skull and Bones tomb. It's built in the Greco-Egyptian style, which is just lovely. Well, it's just lovely. Let's have a little video tour. I, f- I found a, a nice warlock couple willing to give us a, a video tour of this thing. 
Well, they're not both warlocks. The one's a witch oh, and the, the other a has to be a, a warlock. <laughs> have, I ever told you, have I ever told you about my infantry training in the military? I was with this guy and he, I don't remember his, well, I do remember his name. It doesn't matter. And uh, he, he was like, he carried his grimoire around with him everywhere. Oh, no. And he talked about how he was a witch and he would be so pissed off when I was like, dude, you're not a witch. You're a warlock. You're a warlock. And I tried to explain this to him and he's like, he was like uh, carving runes into things. Like at one point we were in the woods for a while for this training and he got this he got this stick and he found a turtle shell and like a, a rabbit skull no, or something and no. like made this shamanistic stick with all these runes over it and he was like reading through his like you know grimoire or whatever he called it and he's doing all this weird stuff and I'm like dude like you think you know this stuff but you you can't even you accept don't. the fact that you're a warlock you're a- <laughs> You just get super pissed. So come anyway, a wizard. He didn't even a, want to be a wizard from like. He didn't anyway. even want to be a wizard. I asked him that too, and he he's like, "No, I'm a witch." Oh my god! And I was like, "You are not a witch. You have mommy issues, is what you <laughs> what you have." All right, let's. He probably do this. identifies the chick now. So anyway, <laughs> Now here's the thing about this place: skull and bones and this tomb. This is the oldest fraternity on the Yale campus. And there's three strange fraternities, like we were saying earlier. There's Squirrel and Key, and then there's a third one known as Wolf's Head. The people who are part of this fraternity, dating all the way back to the early 1800s, they're called Bones Men. How freaking fitting. Now, of course, like we said earlier, He's Yale is a, a very prestigious, boy. it's an Ivy League. How freaking fitting. <laughs> <laughs> He, he, I think this is a, someone who's jealous that he did not have the like uh-huh. influential daddy to get him into the bonesman. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. School, but there's all kinds of people who are rumored to have been a part of this fraternity who are rumored to be at one point bonesmen. Maybe I shouldn't say at one point because when it comes to fraternity in college, once you're in, you're in for life, right? So some of the people that have been a part of this fraternity over the years have gone on to become very popular and very powerful politicians. Over the years, people have gone on to create very prominent newspapers. I think um, the guy who founded FedEx, he even was rumored to be a, a bonesman here at the Yale University. A lot of mystery when it comes to this place. The wind is really starting to pick up, like some sort of spirit moving through the daytime. Now, as we continue talking about the building and what goes on here, well, what's rumored to go on here, I'm gonna go ahead and walk around the building. Everybody always gets pictures from the front. I wanna see if we can see anything. Looking down between the I'm two. I'm just waiting for like the um, uh, Blair Witch Project moment where he like sneaks around back and then all of a sudden the camera drops and yeah, you just hear yeah. screaming. Yeah. Running. <laughs> Now, like I said, all kinds of people were rumored to attend here. Still are. Remember, once you're in, you're in for life. But do you remember whenever John Kerry was running for president alongside Bush? Well, both <laughs> of them are rumored to be bonesmen. Not, they're not rumored to be bonesmen. They said oh, they, they were. Oh, they for sure are. Go Did you want me to keep playing this clip? Yeah. Okay. For a little while. George W. Bush has been asked about his membership of Skull and Bones. Does it still exist? Um, the thing is so secret that I'm not even sure it still exists. Right. Yeah, Record sure. that as the most unusual question I've ever been asked in my entire political. <laughs> <laughs> it looks so uncomfortable. Yep, yep. Interesting, right? 
interesting indeed. Supposedly it's the very first time that two bonesmen have ever run for that kind of office. It's gonna show us one more thing and then we can be Something done. else, man, something else. One of the reasons for looking on both sides of the building, there's really no windows or doors. There's one door and a few small windows and that's pretty much it. But what's really cool is standing over here off to the side, well, let me show you. If you show look us. just past the fence, you see that basement window right there? And there's another one here. Now let's just imagine that secret societies, such as the Skull and Bones or the Order or the Brotherhood of Death, and what you see in Hollywood in the movies is true. And they have these like, you know, secret <laughs> meetings and rituals dressed in cloaks down in the basement. Could this be the basement? Right on the other side of those windows. All right, that's it. Yes, that's it's the like what? What that's kind of? I basement. don't even understand the question. He's like, "This is the secret society, and this is their basement. Could it be the basement that they <laughs> use for the secret society?" Anyway, that is our uh, resident warlock's take Just on absolutely <laughs> stunning coverage from from Mr. Warlock. <laughs> but. Those are the, that's the, that's the really tomb, right? Insightful. It's got no windows except for those like little tiny low windows. You get, you get the idea of the architecture <clears throat> and you get the idea of what people like that think about the secret society. They're just like, so titillated. He wishes he was part of it. Is what <laughs> he it wishes is. he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah for, for sure. sure. All right. So Skull and Bones files taxes under the name RTA Incorporated, which stands for Russell Trust Association, named after the founder, William Russell. So you got to dig a little bit to f figure out how they file, but once you find it, uh, let's take a look at some of their 2022 tax information, which is the most up-to-date tax information you can find on them. Uh, their revenue this year was, or last year, was $1.66 They oh. spent, yeah, they spent $609,000. Um, their total assets are $17.2 <coughs> and that does not include property. That, okay, that because uh, I was going to say 17.2 mm -hmm. makes sense if it's property. Nope, it's not property. Okay. And total liabilities is 5.46. Okay, so let's take a look at the actual 990. This is the official form. Um, and if we scroll down, this is actually the 2021 990. Okay, where um, do you need me to be? No, uh, let's see. So there's a line that says 17 million at uh, line 22. Yes, right here. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah this, it's, this shows... I'll try to zoom up on it a little bit while you're talking about it. Uh, maybe. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. This shows at the beginning of the year, they had $16.1 in net assets, and at the end, they had 17.1, uh, or almost 17.2 in net assets. So, this is... A, and I talked to... I work for a 501c3, so I talked to the finance lady and I was like, just to clarify, like this doesn't include property, right? She's like, no, property does not show up on this line at all. Um, so this is what they've got in in investments in the bank, in in the stock market. How many members did you say per year? <laughs> 15 new ones, 15 Yale seniors, and then everybody else in perpetuity. Um, yeah, Wow. And so is it you, like a alumni thing where they all pay dues for the rest of their lives kind of thing or it doesn't appear so it really it's just it a lot of money is ostensibly mostly investments 
Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, they've been around for a long time. So theoretically, sure. theoretically, they've had a long time to invest and, and they get donations, but it's in the hundreds of thousands. It's not in the, it's not in the millions. Right. Um, all right. If you go down a little bit further, there is a, let's see. Okay. What line am I um, looking for? It's, it's one here. So go back up just slightly. And it says, briefly describe the organization's mission. To provide structured programs of intellectual inquiry, sensitivity training. <laughs> Even the bonesmen have sensitivity I training. Know. I was, I was like, wow. And I have sensitivity training this month for the first time in my life. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, for the development for students of Yale University, focusing on topics of intellectual, political, or cultural importance. So anyway, that's the tax. That's the tax document. When you know the rumors. <laughs> around skull and bones to hear sensitivity training Mm. is too yeah we'll definitely talk about that some more so that's that's interesting they are not the richest of the secret societies at yale isn't that scroll and key scroll and key Mm -hmm. but they're close okay um they're in the top well the ancient eight are are the most um the, the richest and then there's like like the elizabethan society which isn't really a secret society at yale but they have a lot of money too so okay. they, they like hit the top 10 of societies at yale but gotcha okay so is, in the, addition, is the elizabethan society one of the female secret societies or am i completely wrong i don't know they're not even okay. part of the ancient a nobody cares yeah nobody cares, <laughs> cares. <laughs> in addition to the skull and bones tomb the russell trust association also owns deer island which is a 40-acre island on the St. Lawrence River on the border between New York and Canada. I'm so glad the Secret Society has a secret private island. So pleased to hear this. That's wonderful to hear. Nothing bad happens when when rich and powerful secret people have islands of their own. And yeah, and have secret meetings there. So, and it's no secret that they have meetings here. Everybody knows that Skull and Bones has this island. Well, it, was, it wasn't a secret that Epstein here. owned Little St. James either. Right. You know what I mean? And Lolita Express wasn't a secret plane right. name or any of that at all. And it wasn't a secret that J.P. Morgan and, and half the elites of that time were all on Jekyll Island. Exactly, yeah. Meeting up and doing stuff and writing yep. the legislation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, that part was a secret. But okay, so there's this little lodge on the island. There's not a lot of structures on the island at all. It is very wild. Um, mm-hmm. And we have a closer up photo of this lodge. It's not very fancy. Right. It's yeah. just it's just a little lodge on a private island. Nothing to see here. Nothing at all. But why is it always islands, though? <laughs> well, I mean, it's obvious why it's islands, right? It's the privacy. It's the privacy. You yeah. do whatever you want. Okay. Let's move on to... of skull and bones i'm just gonna hit some high points high points in this long history it was it was co-founded in 1832 by william huntington russell and alfonso taft and if that sounds familiar it should william was from an influential family and in fact a descendant of one of yale's founders so old money old power 
Mm-hmm. He took his junior year abroad in Germany at the University of Berlin, and this is where he studied under Hegel directly. And some people make much of the fact that he studied directly under Hegel, and people who are better at philosophy than me um, could probably make a whole lot of that. But anyway, he studied directly under Hegel. And at the University of Berlin, this is where he got the idea for Skull and Bones. He was involved in some sort of secret society there. And the ideas he kind of copy-pasted uh, and, and founded Skull and Bones as an order of the society he learned from. And the wild theory, of course, is that, that <clears throat> this was the Illuminati. So you say it's a chapter of... I just want to make sure I heard that right. This is supposedly a chapter of the society he's from in Germany? Or just was- a copy of, of that? I think it was kind of like, like, sure, you can write a fan fiction of our secret system. I don't think it was. Um, well, yeah, because like the two condone. theories would be he copied them, right? Or that they, or that Skull and Bones would be like a tentacle of a, a larger organization. Right. And I, especially since the Illuminati's from Bohemia mm-hmm. and it supposedly ended, you know, a long time ago. It seems like he liked what he saw sure. and he copy pasted, um, but I don't think it, it had. I didn't see evidence beyond just the like the fact that he was involved in something over there briefly. Well, I feel like a lot of these work that way. Like even and we'll we'll do an episode soon about the Illuminati and the Bavarian roots and things like that, mm-hmm. but or Bohemian roots um, and things like that. But uh, even some people are like, yeah, they stole all their imagery from like the Freemasons, like <laughs> the Illuminati. Like you think of the Illuminati, you think of the All Seeing Eye and and all mm-hmm. this. That's all like older. You know, Freemason symbols. Yeah. His co-founder, who didn't go to Germany, but he was involved back when William got to the States, was Alfonso Taft. And Alfonso Taft grew up to be the Attorney General and the Secretary of War under President Ulysses S. Grant. And his son, also a member of Skull and Bones, was President William Howard Taft. So. um, How many Bonesmen have been president? Is it just three? three? Okay. That's what I thought. So yeah. it's Taft and both Bushes. Yes. Okay. And I think it's, this is, I think this is interesting because a lot of the argument about, oh, it's not like a super nefarious secret society. Like they've just, they're just, they've been networking for generations. Like they have a really strong network. No, no, no. They were incredibly powerful right out of the gate. Right. Yeah. But you're right. Because like, if this is, when was Taft president? I couldn't quote But either way, like his dad was, right? And his dad was secretary. Like there were were already like powerful people coming out of this, not just because they had 150 or 200 years of networking. Right, right. This is one generation to get from, to get to the White House and then to get to to be president because Alfonso was already in the White House. And you could argue that they already just had old money, old power at the time, you know? I'm sure it's part of it, yeah. Yeah. So the first time detailed rumors about the Skull and Bones Society itself started to leak into the public was in 1871. So they had like 40 years of secrecy before stuff started to get out. And this is when a Yale graduate named Lyman Bragg wrote a book called Four Years at Yale. And rumors and imagination have been plentiful ever since about Skull and Bones and all the other secret societies, but specifically Skull and Bones. I think for some reason, I don't know if it's the name or what, but Skull and Bones is, is the most famous of them, of the societies of Yale. Right. 
and there's been a lot of both nonfiction and fiction on the topic. Um, there's there's a movie called The Skulls. A, the Skulls, yeah. I've seen that movie. It's been, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I've seen it. Yeah. It was uh, Paul Walker and uh, I yeah. can't remember the other guy's name, but yeah. The problem that I have with information on skull and bones is that how much of the information available is rumors and has been rumors for a couple hundred years. Right. And it's, it's even tougher because it's rumors in the context of a college fraternity Mm -hmm. and rumors coming out of a college. Like your source material is just not great for this to begin with. But women, we have to talk about women. Do we have to talk about women? Yeah. Yale began allowing female students in 1969. Well, no wonder they have sensitivity training. Downhill (laughs) after that. It used to be, it used to be a wonderful secret society that was controlling the world. (laughs) And then they let women in and now they've got sensitivity training and it's just not, it's just not what it used to be. (laughs) Yeah. So Yale, Yale started allowing female students in 1969, but Skull and Bones held on for a long time. They remained all male until 1992. Ah. And it was quite the struggle between newer members and alumni about whether or not that would happen. And I just wanted to show you this photo for, of a New York Times article about when they finally did admit women. So even, even in 1992... Mainstream media, this is, this is from New York Times, they consider this like random, random society at Yale to be important enough to report on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could it, argue it was a, it was an inclusion thing. But. <clears throat> I find it funny because the media coverage on this is kind of telling, right? It's like these, this is just some stupid college frat. It's not important. Mm-hmm. Stop looking at them. Don't pay attention. But also yeah. when they have a minor change. Like this is this is front page news type stuff, right? Like we have yeah. to talk about this non-important group of 15 people in a college that's totally not important and doesn't have any power mm-hmm. or control or does anything nefarious. But also when they do anything at all, we have to talk about we it. We have to talk about it. We have to talk about it. And there'll be more. Yeah. I'll show you more articles. Because okay. I found that the, co- the, the, the mainstream media coverage of Skull and Bones was just interesting in its very existence. Because normally I have so much trouble finding anything about anything and all the media coverage is just like, it's not happening. I've never looked for Wolf's Head or Scroll and Key like me- media stories, mm-hmm. but they're not talked about the way that Skull and Bones is like. I've heard of them because yeah. I know, you know, certain stuff about secret societies comes up. But like, I don't think like most people, I think most people have heard of Skull and Bones. I don't think yeah. most people have heard of Scroll and Key. Yeah, and I or think they like it that or way. Whatever, right? I think yeah. they like it that way. I think Skull and Bones likes. We'll talk about it a little bit sure. more. So here's here's a, a major piece of history. Geronimo versus Obama. So Geronimo was a um, Indian man, Native American man. He led the Apache people, and he was a medicine man, which is another word for probably. Demon Shaman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, he was at war for a long time with both the U.S. and the Mexican government, and he spent the last several years of his life as a prisoner of war. He was moved around to various forts, but it was at Fort Sill, Oklahoma, when he died in 1909 and was buried nearby. Now we know because we talked about this a couple weeks ago that Prescott Bush joined Skull and Bones in 1917 and went on to join the army and was stationed at Fort Sill in 1918. And according to legend, 
that was the year that him and a couple other bonesmen robbed Geronimo's grave and brought the spoils back to the skull and bones tomb. But Good old Prescott is. Bush showing up just over and over and over again. How many episodes have we talked about him on this, like, just this year? <laughs> this year? Um, t- t- this is the second, I think. I think it's a third. Well, it might okay, be the third. It's just could be the third. I thought it was the third. Yeah. Could be the third. Um, okay, so here's a New York Times article talking about this lawsuit, how on the 100th university, <laughs> university anniversary of Geronimo's death, uh, his descendants have sued Skull and Bones and um, Obama and (laughs) a bunch of other people over this. They're trying to get damages. They were trying to recover remains so that they could bring them back. And this quote, Geronimo's great-grandson Harlan Geronimo told reporters, I believe strongly from my heart that his spirit was never released. Read, Geronimo's descendants believe that there's a spirit in those bones that needs to be released that's being held captive in the skull and bones tomb. That's what they believe. So what you're saying is there was a shaman (laughs) Mm. and his Mm -hmm. bone, and according to the people, according Mm -hmm. to his own family, Mm -hmm. there are spirits attached to this shaman's body Mm -hmm. and that skull and bones stole that body and keeps it in their headquarters. And keeps his spirit trapped in their tomb. That's not creepy at all. That's not creepy at all. All right. So this case was dismissed the following year. And I'm going to read and show you uh, some of the decision written on it. So it was called Geronimo v. Obama. And it was Richard D. Roberts who wrote the decision says plaintiffs, a group of 20 descendants of the Native American Geronimo have sued President Barack Obama, Secretary of Defense Robert Gates, Secretary of the Army Peter Guerin, Yale University, and the Order of Skull and Bones under the Native American Graves Protection and Repatriation Act, seeking, among other things, an order under 3002 requiring the defendants to return Geronimo's remains and pay money damages, President Obama, Gates, and Guerin, federal defendants, have moved to dismiss the complaint for lack of subject matter jurisdiction and for failure to state a claim because plaintiffs fail to establish the necessary express waiver of sovereign immunity. Blah, 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 blah. He's explaining why he's dismissing it. Hold on. I didn't hear in there that they don't have his skull. No, no, no. It never says this. So... Plaintiffs assert that they are lineal descendants of the legendary Apache warrior Geronimo. Geronimo surrendered to federal troops in 1886. He was held prisoner in Florida and Alabama and eventually was transferred to Fort Sill, Oklahoma, where he was buried in the dress of a chief with his possessions upon his death. According to the complaint in 1819, in, in 1918, which is the exact year Prescott was there, or 1919, a group of Yale University students who were members of the organization named the Order of Skull and Bones opened the tomb of Geronimo and removed his skull, other bones, and items that were buried with Geronimo's body, eventually transporting them to the Order's premises on the Yale campus. The plaintiffs seek uh, under this order that this stuff be returned. So basically, what this boils down to is the judge says, first of all, you can't sue Obama and and the the federal things because you don't have the right to you don't have the appropriate um 
You didn't fill out the right forms. Basically. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that there's some sort of consent. Like, it's weird. I don't, I don't think Native Americans can just sue the federal government willy-nilly because they're not... I, I have not. There was, there was, there was a separate reason why <clears throat> both sides of the case was, were dismissed. I don't quite understand the federal side. But he dismissed the Yale one because the code they were filed the suit under wasn't, it didn't exist at the time of the grave robbery. So there's no law broke. It was so like, the, so the law, the law about the native American preservation stuff happened after they robbed the grave. Mm-hmm. Again, what I'm pointing, what was jumping off the page to me here is n- nowhere in this thing is there, are they saying they did not steal or nor, right. nor do they possess Geronimo's skull. It's like they do, but you just don't have legal jurisdiction to right. get your ancestors remains back from the Bush family. And, and to be and, fair, to be fair, you do dis- determine some of these legal questions before you get to some of that stuff. So it's not necessarily incriminating, but I think it is interesting that there's like no denial anywhere here. Right. It's not like right. um, the, the, those sued deny blah, 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 blah. No, there was no denial. And Yale university was like, it's not on our property. The, the, the skull and bones tomb. It's not on our property. We don't know. We don't have anything to do with this. Right. Cause I think everyone involved genuinely believed <laughs> that Skull and Bones had actually stolen this, yeah. this skull. And turns out this letter surfaces in 2005, this old letter. And it is difficult to read, but basically um, says here on the side, a former senior editor of the Yale Alumni Magazine has now discovered the only known contemporary evidence, a reference in private correspondence from one senior bonesman to another. The letter was written on June 7th, 1918. Ah, there we go. Yep. So we still have that date that's putting Prescott right there mm-hmm. by Winter Mead, class of 19, to F. Truby Davison, class of 18. So it's a senior to a junior who's just been tapped. And it announces that the remains dug up at Fort Sill, Oklahoma by a group that included Charles C. Hafner um, have been deposited in the society's headquarters. The skull of the worthy Geronimo the Terrible exhumed from its tomb at Fort Sill by your club and the knight Hafner is now safe inside the tomb together with his well-worn femurs, bit and saddle horn. So... What this tells me is that the year after this supposedly happened, members of the Skull and Bones believe it happened. <laughs> There's not a lot of time it. to like for rumor to develop. Right. It's not Prescott's name doesn't come up here, but everybody knows it's Prescott. The, but this is this is funny though because that was the same with our recent episode on the business plot. It's mm-hmm. like People say he's involved in it. He's never officially involved in it. The names are covered up by the president that they were trying to assassinate. Mm-hmm. But everybody, like everybody, knows Prescott Bush was a part of this. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, Prescott, and then this. Basically, the idea is Prescott was the graduated bonesman, and then there was a current bonesman who came and helped him. And there might have been a third person involved, but the named one was the current senior at Yale at the time. Yeah, who was involved. Oh, so much fun. So much fun. Answered Seder says, don't they use a skull in their rituals allegedly? Yes, but I, we'll probably talk about that yeah. later. Yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's actually, 
Let's get to that. Okay. In the tomb. What happens in the tomb stays in the tomb. So allegedly, no one, no one who's not a member of Skull and Bones is allowed to go in the tomb. Now, there's a reporter, Alexandra Robbins, who's done a lot of research on this, and I I didn't end up reading her books. I don't know if she's telling the truth because she claims she's been in it. And I'm like, how did you get in it, though? Yeah. I don't know. So you think like because, you know, if Alex Jones just told us that he went to Bohemian Grove, everybody, including myself, would be like, did you, though? And he but he filmed it. Right. So right. like that's that's the difference here. That's the difference. Yeah. I, w- I would really have to do more research on her to to have an opinion on if she's credible or not. But I did not lean on her assertions for any of this. But she is famous for doing work in this area. And I'm sure she's wrong, she's right about at least some things. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. 322. Let's talk about the number 322. There's two possible meanings, and I think it's probably both of them. 322 BC was the death of Demosthenes, who was a famous Greek orator. It was the end of the Lamian War, and, and this is when the Athenians had to dissolve their government and set up a plutocracy. Um, so there's a whole, like, story around Demosthenes that's meaningful to the Bonesmen, so maybe that's why they have 322. The other possible meaning is that it was founded in 1830, in 1832, so that's the first three two, and then it's the second corp, mm. um, the first corp being the one in Germany that it was modeled from. Gotcha, okay. So, so you think it's probably a bit of both? I think it's a bit of both. Gotcha. I think yeah, it's a little too been, coincidental to be not a bit of both. Yeah, right. And that's the thing, right? And like this has been one of those things that people debated over just out of curiosity. I kind of like dug around on it a little bit mm-hmm. this morning because I had a theory that was I, I was like, it's probably not true. And I just kind of looked into it and didn't find much. But mm-hmm. it, there's no like definitive like even the people, at least from what I can tell, I'm sure there's some people like I know what it is. But even the people who have talked about this a lot are kind of like we have theories, but like nobody's like 100 percent like dead set. Sure. That they know right. what the three, two, two stands for. Right. Whereas like in a lot of other things, you can find some like obvious reference of like, like even the number 33 amongst Freemasons. There's plenty of like yeah. examples and reasons of why that is. Or at least they'll tell you ones and then other people have other ones. <laughs> I think this comes back to like, regardless of how <clears throat> powerful it is now, this was a club that was started by college students. Mm-hmm. So when it was founded, it, mm-hmm. they could, they could have also just given it that like, here's yeah. my thought, right? Is like, there's an origin to every important number. So when you see three, two, two now, it is a reference to skull and bones and yes. it's important. But when skull and bones created the organization and put three, two, two, it doesn't have to be important. Like it could be the right. origin of its importance. Right. Right. Could exactly. Be. Exactly. Yeah. And speaking of something that has its origin here, the society dedicated its founding to eulogia, the supposed goddess of eloquence, except she's not there. She's, she she's not a goddess she's she was never a greek goddess eulogia is a greek word but the actual greek goddess of eloquence is calliope and actually the greek word eulogia means what it sounds like a eulogy right yeah because i've heard it said eulogia or eulogia yeah both of them but right i I, I, that name i've heard but it's not a greek god or goddess it's, it's not 
they made they made her up. So okay. here's the story they tell about her. The great Greek orator Demosthenes dies in 322, and with him dies Eulogia, the goddess of eloquence. And but with the dedication of the of the skull and bones tomb, she descended from heaven and came to live there in the tomb. So this is their world building then. Yes. Okay. It is. This is the myth they built mm-hmm. around themselves. And I would also say, like, we've talked about this before, too, but I don't think, like, just because you start a myth doesn't mean that it doesn't gain power from mm-hmm. your telling of it or what you, you know, like, if they're serving some type of demon and they're the ones naming it doesn't mean that it, because we didn't, don't, don't see it in antiquity that it's not real. Correct. Yeah. And I think this is the case with myth everywhere. It, yeah. it, this is why you see different versions of the same myths is because people wanted to worship their gods in different ways. People wanted to shape their gods to their little corner of the culture. So even in Greek myth, there, there are, there are characters in Greek myth where some of the stories say, well, she's his wife. And some of the stories say, well, she's his daughter. And it just really depends. There's, there's a lot of play in the myth. It's not like the Bible. It's not set in stone. Right. And this is my, this is why I think that ideas of the whole idea of a tulpa has meaning Mm -hmm. because people are giving these demons power through thought form, right? They're like the, the stories they tell about them that are repeated, that are, you know, a, a form of praise and worship to these to these deities, these beings, these demons, whatever they are, fallen angel creatures. The name mm-hmm. doesn't matter. It's the thought form, the, the power that they're giving them by talking about them. Yes. They can call them a million different names. Doesn't matter. Um, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So allegedly, this is the story that is acted out in their initiation ceremony of of Demosthenes dying and Eulogia dying, and then coming to live at Skull and Bones. Let's allegedly there is video of the initiation ceremony. It was videotaped in 2001. So we'll show it to you and see what you can see. It's difficult to see what's going on, but um, let's look at it. Let's check it out. I haven't haven't watched this one yet. It was aired on ABC. So again, mainstream media, mainstream media reporting. Don't pay attention to these guys, but here's, here's some information about it. Yeah. (laughs) This evening, getting under the skin of the Ivy League, those eight old, definitely distinguished colleges that are known for their ivy-covered buildings and their sometimes superior attitudes to other colleges and universities, which often gets under the skin of people who went elsewhere. Yale University is 300 years old this year, and were you to visit its campus, you would see that it still has exotic clubhouses, which look like tombs where Yale's legendary secret societies meet. Their prestige and importance have largely evaporated, but the rituals are still a secret. And so when we heard that some enterprising characters had managed to spy on the famous Skull and Bone Society, we couldn't resist. Here's ABC's Dan Harris. The videotape provides a grainy glimpse into what appear to be the initiation rituals of a secret society that's been around since 1832, whose members have gone on to be leaders of Wall Street and the White House the Senate and the Supreme Court. They're sort of trying to scare the initiates, make them, uh, you know, disorient them, frighten them. New York Observer investigative reporter Ron Rosenbaum accompanied a team of Yale students who shot these pictures nine days ago. Rosenbaum's curiosity about skull and bones was permanently piqued when, as a classmate of George W. Bush, he lived right next to the tomb, the group's heavily fortified home. From their perch, Rosenbaum and his cohorts taped the tomb's courtyard. What they captured, they say, was initiates, known as neophytes, being forced to kiss a skull 
Then, members performing a mock killing. It may look like your average fraternity nonsense, but Rosenbaum says it's not. Even though it may seem silly to us, it seems to mean something to them. And you can't argue with the success of Skull and Bones. True. Famous alums include senators, John Kerry and John Chafee, to name two, cabinet secretaries, such as Averill Harriman, and three presidents, William Taft, George Bush, and George W. Bush, who's been reluctant to talk about Skull and Bones. Does it still exist? Um, the thing is so secret, I'm not even sure it still exists. Don't In believe recent you. years, by many accounts, the on-campus influence and allure of Skull and Bones has waned dramatically. And there is no proof that the rituals recently caught on videotape are the same ones performed by the current president. Still, Rosenbaum says the tape is a valuable artifact, an extremely rare view into the secret society that groomed the American ruling class for generations. Dan Harris, ABC News, New York. That's our report on World News Tonight. Don't forget Nightline. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> thoughts, 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 thoughts. Thoughts. Okay, I have a lot of thoughts. First of all, uh, this reminds me a lot of that CERN video that was leaked. And yes. it's uh, and and actually recently this month uh, there was a Freemason uh, video that was leaked of mm -hmm. a high level Freemason um, ritual and mm -hmm. all of these rituals have the same thing in common. All these ceremonies, these rituals have the same thing in common. The mock mock sacrifices, mock sacrifice. right? So yeah, and then also he's like, it looks like they're kissing a skull. Before he said that, I was like, is that is that Geronimo's skull? <laughs> and I think I think it is. Um, so it's one of the skulls. They have more than one. It's one of the one, skulls they yeah. have. Yeah, for sure. So. They're kissing a skull. They're doing this mock stuff. One of the things you'll hear, you know, from the debunkers or whatever, the secret societies aren't a big deal, people, mm -hmm. is basically, well, all college fraternities, you know, are debauched and, and, mm -hmm. and that makes it somehow okay. But it's like it's like with with um, Bohemian Grove and all this stuff. It's like we're supposed to excuse the debauchery. The fact that these like rich, powerful people, the way that they blow off steam is incredibly depraved and demonic mm -hmm. but because it's blowing off steam and they're rich and powerful elites that it's like somehow okay to like we could talk about the rumors i guess but like the rumors are pretty gross and if they're true and the, and as we've yeah. seen with bohemian grove it wouldn't surprise me because we know what happens there mm -hmm. uh i just i it's weird to me that people are like willing to excuse like absolutely depraved demonic weird rituals because right. it's a joke or something yeah and some of the coverage i watched their attitude was well their power comes from their secret keeping so as soon as you leak something like this as soon as you show a ritual of them being weird college kids it just breaks their power and i'm like i don't i don't believe you i don't believe that it breaks their power in any way no it, except that you don't take them seriously because you don't think the ritual is real well, that's the thing is like we're supposed to believe, you know, the mainstream wants us to believe that they're just goofing around. The rituals aren't real. And because other people do weird, you know, rituals that that somehow is OK. Mm -hmm. I would I would be the one that argues like I think a lot of these rituals are all like demonic and origins right. and weird and wrong. Uh, the whole thing about the island comes back to me, too. Right. Because yeah. there's this ritual in Skull and Bones. And tell me if I'm stepping on something you were about to talk about or whatever. But I they, am, but you can you can go for it. Do you mind it. if I bring it up then? Go for it. Yeah. Okay. So there's this ritual in Skull and Bones where they early initiates the the what are they not troglodytes? What do they call them? Neophytes. Neophytes. The neophytes get together and the senior member <laughs> troglodytes. <laughs> the neophytes get together and they have to tell them every like yes. perverse 
secret, like the worst things they've ever done. Right. And I'm just thinking like, this is again, supposedly excused, but it reminds me of Epstein Island to go back. Mm -hmm. to This is like, if we have dirt on you, you know, like that's, that's our, that's how we keep our power. So you, there is some mm -hmm. truth to what you were saying that the, the secrets are their power, but their secrets are, we can do the most terrible things you can imagine because we know all the terrible things that you've done. And in fact, mm -hmm. we forced you to do terrible things. We probably filmed it. We at least have witnesses. And yeah. now we're all initiated into a cult of silence because if you snitch on me, I have just as much or better or worse dirt yeah. on you. So I can't even imagine what happens on this island up in Canada because it does seem like the blackmail is the point of it, right? Yeah. I mean, even even if you think that they're not doing depraved Epstein Island type shit, they all have each other's secrets. Like yeah. that's the point, right? Is like once you once you join, you have to say every terrible, awful, disgusting thing you've ever done. Mm-hmm. Yes. So here here we're gonna get it. Is this is the only part we're gonna get into rumors? Mm -hmm. because we can't really talk about it at all if we don't get into rumors, but I'm going to take the aggregate of the rumors that I heard the most, that I, that I felt the most confident in. So the first thing is that inside the tomb, they are five minutes ahead. They set their clocks five minutes ahead, and then everyone else is on barbarian time. And... That's also what they call people who are not in the in, in the skull and bones of barbarians. barbarians. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we don't see it in the video of the ritual. And this is this is what some people have claimed that the, the ritual we saw in the courtyard was a hoax. And and I have questions about it being an initiation ceremony. They they it seems like they kind of dismiss it of like, oh, they're just being weird because this is the initiation ceremony. They're being weird. They're trying to scare the newbies off. Stuff like that. But the idea Allegedly, the initiation ceremony is acting out Demosthenes' death and the eulogia thing, mm -hmm. but Demosthenes wasn't killed by somebody else. He killed himself. He killed himself to avoid arrest. So that whole like narrative about the initiation ceremony is, is the Demosthenes thing right. doesn't work. And I don't think whatever was filmed in the court, I think it was real, but I don't think it was, I don't think it was a hoax is what I'm saying. But I don't think it was the initiation ceremony. I think it was something else. Can, can we go down that thought of uh, yeah. trail for a second about it being a hoax? Because this is this is kind of my thought on stuff like that. It's like yeah. someone said earlier, the reason Skull and Bones might be in the media all the time is because Scroll and Key is the, the real one. And they it's mm. a, show you this hand, you know, so we can do something over here. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that's exactly the case, but I do think that they would pick one to like focus on. So you ignore the others. Right. Like that mm -hmm. makes sense to me if this is a hoax. And I don't think it is either. But if it or if it was. My, I, I think about the boy who cried wolf type scenario, yeah. right? It's like we have a mock ceremony where we're pretending to kill someone. So if we do a real sacrifice ceremony, right? It's just like nobody's going to care or pay attention because like, oh, we know that they pretend to kill each other. And we've just yeah. as a society decided that that's an OK that's thing normal. for college kids to do. So yeah, I don't totally know, man. Normal stuff to do. Yeah. So the other, you know, rumored the actual rumored initiation ceremony, which is not at all what we see in the video, is that the new men, the new initiates are placed into coffins mm. and carried into the building and then resurrected in the building where the time is different. They're born into this new life. They take a new name. Um, some examples of names that are often repeated or come up a bunch are Boaz, Hamlet, Thor, Odin, Baal, 
Um, of H- course they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. H.W. Bush was Magog. I be- like this is the part I actually believe because yes. it, it it jives with so many other rituals that we found out throughout the years from other secret societies, which is yeah. rebirth rituals. Mm-hmm. So like to me thinking like you are initiated into a cult you can never leave. It'd be hard for me to believe they don't have some type of rebirth. Rebirth. Yeah. I mean, well, again, going back this to that video that was out. leaked this month. That's what it was. The, the, the ritual, the Freemason ritual that was leaked. Some guys snuck a camera in. Right. Was them do, a- acting out the murder of Hiram Abith. And then doing a resurrection ritual. Yeah. Right. Um, The other part of this rumor is that they masturbate in the coffins. Yeah. But, and this is the, this is the part that cracks me up. That part's denied. So the, the, the skull, wait, they don't deny the other parts. They just deny the, the jacking off in the coffin part. Yeah. So they're not like, no, we weren't placed in coffins. (laughs) They just, they just deny that part. Um, And, and there are rumors of other, creepy Mm -hmm. sex things, but I don't, unless you want to bring something up, I don't feel the need to get into it. Yeah. I mean, the big one is just that they all like piss on the person in the coffin is, is one of them that gets repeated a lot. So other than that, there's like (laughs) a sodomy stuff that they say, but uh, there's a video on it. Someone shared it in our discord recently and it has that famous quote, uh, something about God's going to give these people cancer in the butthole. (laughs) Have you ever seen that one? (laughs) This is when George oh, Bush was running for president. This they is the this real reason. Ex- this <laughs> is the real reason why they allowed women. This, they were so tired of being gay. They're like, can we just that, have some women to do the rituals on? That was my thought when you first said they allowed women in. I'm like, well, if the if the if the rumors are true, then I totally understand them allowing women. In the well, <laughs> again, it was the current students who were like, give us women, and the alumni that were like, no. You have to, you have to do the butt sex. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, some of this is like, is this happening because it's a secret society or is this happening because it's a fraternity? Is this happening because it's just a debauched college campus or is it sex magic? Yeah. I mean, both, I think probably both. Right. But this is where I struggle with where the rumors are coming from because you've got weird sex rumors coming out of a college campus fraternity. And I'm like, well, of course you have mm-hmm. weird sex rumors in this context. So yeah. All right. We can move on from this <laughs> <laughs> inside the tomb. There are some notable skulls. According to legend, Geronimo, Martin Van Buren and Pancho Villa. I've heard the Pancho Villa one a bunch. Yeah. 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 yeah Cause I'm white. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm 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 too white to say it that way. Villa, so I'll correct myself. <laughs> and these are the three that are famous or known, but I highly doubt those are the only skulls. And they probably are not taking those skulls out to do the rituals. Um, I'm sorry. I want to hear what you have to say. But your sister wrote this thing in the chat. Oh, no. Mom, all the kids are doing butt sex magic. Can you come pick me up? up? I hope that if my kids are ever in a bad situation, they're not afraid to To call you and say, Mom, they're doing butt sex magic. They're doing butt sex magic. I don't want to. And God's going to give them cancer in the butthole. (laughs) All right. So the point of the skulls is allegedly to remind them of their mortality. And this this seems to be a, a big thing about skull and bones is this like, remember you will die, memento mori it's, thing. It's the exact same thing that the Freemasons say about the skull worship that they do. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
And a, a lot of this, so we can get out of rumor now, because we have a CIA document. <laughs> yes! We love a CIA document. Found this today. I was very pleased. This research went so well. I found so much like fun, fun, hard evidence, tax documents, FOIA documents, letters. Good from stuff. The there's 1900s. so much there's so much like revelation of the method here where they just put it in front of people's faces and they know that everybody will be like, that's too wild and crazy that's to be cool. true. So yeah. this uh, this was FOIA in 2012. It is about HW. Uh, HW. And this is a, if you look at the top, a sanitized copy. Mm, yep. So it's, it's, we don't see the redactions. We don't see how big the redactions are, but it's been sanitized. They I took stuff out. I wonder if it's guys. anything like the, uh, the Trump uh, Mar-a-Lago <laughs> documents. Remember that? Yep. They yeah. were, those were very, very, I made a video. Redacted. I never posted it, but I made a video because I wanted to prove the point mm-hmm. um, of a gosh. I want to say it was 100 pages. The the, the Trump um, thing. And I read all the stuff that wasn't redacted. And it was like a 20 minute video. Oh, goodness. And I was like that. I should have posted it. But I was like, the point is like it, sh- it should have taken me hours to read this. And it took mm-hmm. me 20 minutes. Um, by the way, thank you. Answered Seder for the rumble rant. This is Aww. Abby doing deep research. Love it. So appreciate you. you answered Seder. So this whole document is about H.W. and his relationship with his Bones class. Mm -hmm. And he talks about some of the rituals. So um, there's he talks about two kinds of the the rituals of openness. So one of them is just talking about everything that ever happened in your life kind of a thing. Um, And so one of the things that he kind of confessed was something that happened in the war that was that really like just something he felt deeply guilty about. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I don't think it was his fault. It was just one of those like PTSD moral wound things that he talked about. Um, and then he talks more specifically about the ritual you were mentioning, which is the connubial bliss ritual where they have to give every detail of their sex lives to each right. other. And the stated purpose of this is to break down barriers between each other and develop Black trust mail. and blackmail oh, yeah. the blackmail is like in between the lines it's yeah, like yeah, you yeah, don't have secrets sure. with each other you have secrets with the outside world but you don't have secrets with each other is this it's kind of a ritual of <clears throat> secrets isn't it like mm-hmm. there's the all the secrecy on the outside and you have this incredible openness on the inside which which makes sense because like yeah. i've heard this said before like getting into like true crime stuff where they're like the people who can get away with murders are the ones who have someone to confide in because the people who mm-hmm. don't have someone to confide in <laughs> feel the need to tell somebody and they end up slipping up and like letting details out that mm-hmm. like get them caught. Right. So yeah, it would make uh, sense in a secret cabal that's doing nefarious <laughs> shit to like have people to like say everything yeah. to. Yeah. Uh, this document confirms that Prescott was involved in, in the club and uh, it talks about how at least this particular class of skull and bones, but the idea is that it's all of them were closer than family. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I mean, here's the question. I think this is the question we get to. Is the cure for male loneliness joining a secret society? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought it was starting a PMC. Oh. Yeah. I feel like so, you can go one of the, either direction. It's, it's one of the others. You either, start outer, <laughs> you, either, you either start Skull and Bones or Outer Heaven. It's one of, one of the <laughs> Um, Another ritual... It, there are things that that other people covered as rituals 
that were obviously rituals. And then there are things that people covered. And I was like, that's a ritual and you don't realize it. This is so often the case though. Yeah. yeah. So ritual stealing ritual, they call it crooking because mm-hmm. they don't want to call it stealing. They want to call it something cleaned up a little bit. They crooking. didn't steal Geronimo's skull. They crooked it. Guys. They crooked it. Come on. You can't, so, <laughs> you can't arrest somebody for crooking. Crooking. They steal um, artifacts. It's very specific what they steal, like the types of things that they steal. They're not just like so stealing you, money from people. You know? So you're saying when, when Bush went into Iraq and stole all the artifacts from the Iraqi mm-hmm. museum that had to do with resurrection and, and, and uh, Gilgamesh's tomb and all that stuff, that he learned it in the skull and bones? Yep. Okay. That's, that's actually... <laughs> I wonder how much stuff from Iraq is in the skull and bones tomb. Is in the tomb? Some of it. I bet. Sheesh. Okay. So here's here's some things they crooked. Um, Well, here's first artifacts from other Yale societies. So they'll steal from other secret societies, others of the ancient eight. Mm -hmm. Um, They steal from Yale itself. They'll try to one up each other. It's a way for members of of it to stand out. It's a it's an act of worship. It's part of their ritual. Um, so they, they stole these skulls. Here's another thing that they stole. Elihu Yale's tomb slab. That we have a picture of. So basically, this is kind of a long story. So I'm going to try to make it simple. Elihu Yale, uh, who gave his name to Yale, died while he was abroad in Europe. So he was buried in Wrexham, Wales. And if Wrexham sounds familiar to you, it's because um, Wrexham damn near Ryan, killed him. Ryan, uh, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney bought the Wrexham soccer team a couple years ago. And so they've been putting Wrexham on the map. So I just, this was hmm. funny when this popped up, but he, he, he was buried here and he had this tomb slab. And then at some point people noticed that what had been, what had originally been written on the tomb slab and it was on record. It was very well documented had changed. So the slab had been replaced. It seemed pretty clear that something had happened. And there was a period of time where this slab was actually shipped over to Yale. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying guys. I'm trying I'm for the audio listeners. I'm trying so hard to listen to Abby. And then I peek at the chat and I see stuff that says it's all tomfoolery fun and games until butt sex magic gives everyone oh pink my eye. Gosh, you guys stop are- looking at the chat. <laughs> I'm trying. I won't. Okay. <sighs> Serious face and scene and scene. Wrexham damn near killed him. Let's get back to that story. When you start laughing like that, I'm like, did I say something <laughs> no. dirty and didn't realize it? Cause I do that sometimes. I, I'm I'm trying to be a professional, but like stuff like that. I, I, I'm still a I'm still a kid at heart. <laughs> so the the story here, in short, is not that the Skull and Bones Society went all the way to Yale, stole and replaced this slap. It's that not Yale. You mean all the way to the UK? From Yale to to Wales. To Wales, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. What actually happened, it appears, is that the slab was shipped to Yale to be refurbished mm. and it was stolen while it was at Yale and then Yale replaced it, but got the words wrong, changed the words, something. Oh, okay. I get you. 
and and shipped it back. And they were like, oh, it's totally They're the like, same. They're like, what did it say again? I don't know. Close enough. They won't notice. <laughs> totally the same slab, you guys. Calm down. Yeah. And because it was already being refurbished, no one cared. No one was up to arms about this. No one tried to track it down, you know? Yeah, and, and also because the, all these later. people and their daddies had lots of money and power. Lots of money. Like, yeah. And it was only really later that people were like, wait a second. Says something different. <laughs> they should have just played it off as a Mandela effect. But it's, yeah, it's, right? this is what it right. always said. It right? always said this. Yeah. <laughs> We've always been at war with. Anyway. Eurasia, yeah. <laughs> so secret keeping is itself a ritual. The sex stuff is a ritual. The fake sacrifice stuff is a ritual. The coffins and and resurrection is a ritual to time. Change is a ritual. Um, but what I see a lot here is this convergence between death stuff, thief stuff, and trickster stuff. Right? Yeah, is this like a Loki worshipping cult? What does that sound like? So, one, th- one people don't realize this about Hermes because they think, oh, he's just the messenger god. But Hermes as a Greek god, takes takes souls to the doors of the underworld. Like, he's not the mm-hmm. god of the underworld, but he takes dead souls on that journey. So he's involved in the whole death thing. Right. And he's the god of thieves. Yeah. So... Yeah. And, and he's part of this whole tricksy fairy stuff as well. So it's... It's interesting to me that we see this like weird convergence of Hermes stuff in this society, even though because because you're right, Hermes seems to have a few different like aspects mm-hmm. to him that normally you wouldn't see in one in one god in one god, right? Yeah, but all of those things are like represented at, at, at uh, skull, skull and bones. bones. Yeah. yeah, yep, 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 yep. Interesting. Good stuff. catch. Good catch. Thank you. Thank you. I do my best. All right, now we got to get into the thing that I think everyone focuses on way too much, but we have to talk about it a little bit. People talk about it too much, the membership, because who cares what they're members of? Like, who cares who the members are? If you don't understand what the thing is, I feel like people are like the bushes and Taft and Carrie were all part of this club. We don't know what the club is, but they were part of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I I agree with you, but I have a different reason, but I'll say at the end. Okay. Yeah. Here is a I want to show you a political cartoon that was published in the Atlantic because I think it kind of represents how the public perceives skull and bones. Mm hmm. powerful people playing with bones and it's just kind of this we don't understand you we don't get you but we get that you're like powerful over us and you're doing some weird shit (laughs) and just kind of pointing this out and noticing it in a way that usually mainstream media doesn't do Mm -hmm. um so the public perceives them as a death cult and they are okay with it they're not trying to they're I feel like if they wanted the MSM to cover up this stuff, they would, but they right. don't have any desire to have the MSM cover up that they are weirdly obsessed with bones and skulls and stuff. Cause that's their name. That's their whole thing. Sure. Yeah. 
So names of members weren't secret until the 70s. So you could you could find out before the 70s everyone who was part of the Skull and Bones. But nowadays, if someone's in Skull and Bones, it's a secret. You don't know. Yeah. Okay. So it was an invention in the 70s. So that's why we know the Bushes were and Carrie was. But but then Bush and Carrie started to clam up about it. And mm-hmm. I, I have a feeling that they're part of the group. That was like, we like, need the hey, names to be secret. Yeah, let's yeah. stop talking about it now. <clears throat> so here's a um, 1920 yearbook list of members. This is just a cross section because there, there are so many. I could I could list tons of people who have had influence in, in many decades. And I think it just would be boring too. But I have we have a photo of, of the 1920 yearbook list. And this includes, if you look, um, Britton Haddon and Henry Luce. And those two founded Time. Of course. <laughs> so... Time, time, which this year made Taylor Swift the person. time person of the year when she turned 33. Mm. Just want to point that out as yeah. she's on her era's tour, which is the tour where she's doing actual doing all sorts witch of magic rituals in front of, you know, millions of. Yeah. Children. Cool. Gotcha. Cool. 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 Um, obviously, Bush and Carrie. Um, I have a little YouTube clip of Bush and Carrie talking about their, you know, answering mm-hmm. questions about their involvement. Do you want me to play that now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's check that out. So. Yep, yep. When Bush contested the presidency with Democrat John Kerry, it was a battle between two bonesmen. You both were members of Skull and Bones, a secret society at Yale. What does that tell us? Uh, not much, because it's a secret. <laughs> you were both in Skull and Bones, the secret society. It's so secret we can't talk about it. <gasps> Only rarely do bizarre aspects of the society become public knowledge. Inside the tomb, members are said to have their own standard time, which differs from ours by five minutes. Yeah, so they just laugh it off when it's brought up, but they don't deny it. Right, right, yeah. So... And they don't even be like... It's weird because they're not even like, it's not a thing, guys. Like, it's a frat house it's whatever like stop worrying about they're just like no it's really secret and they're like very deadly serious about it which makes you feel like it is kind of weirder and more than just like look Mm -hmm. we're just frat boys getting drunk and like having parties yeah so before the 70s you could confirm that skull and bones members were in all branches of government um Mm -hmm. they were in the in the white house not just as president but as other high level things finance media theoretically you could do whatever you wanted to with a network of skull and bones people. You could, you could get whatever you wanted to done. You could hide it in the media. You could push it through on the money side and you could push it through on the, on the, on the political side. It really, it really is a powerful society. I think everybody knows it, Mm -hmm. but it's also the cream of the crop at Yale. So you would kind of expect those people people to to do well anyway, powerful anyway. Yeah. And and to and to network with each other anyway because they're from Yale. So okay. I have heard the rumor a lot. I, I did hear the rumor a lot that Ron DeSantis was skull and bones. And I was sure it was true. I was like, too. I just heard it so many times. I was like, well, he went to Yale, so that yeah. makes sense. He went to Yale and people knew he was in a se- I think this is what happens. They found out he was in a secret society at Yale and they assumed it was skull and bones, but it wasn't. Because it's the name everybody knows, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't know about the eight the ancient eight. The uh, ancient eight. Yeah. consortium or any of the other 47. Sure. So DeSantis was actually part of St. Elmo. 
And we know this from a Business Insider article that's basically a hit piece on DeSantis, where a fellow secret a fellow St. Elmo member. A St. Elmonian. So they have a similar <laughs> ritual. A, um, a similar openness ritual where they talk about you know talk about their backgrounds at length it's a it's, it's called a ritual takes several hours and they talk about their lives they mm-hmm. sit around the table and talk about their lives and this whole hit piece from business insider is basically this um hispanic woman saying that he was dismissive of her story that he like he didn't properly acknowledge her story. I mean, it really boils down to she had a crush on him and he wasn't into her. And then th- <laughs> that's that's it. That's the whole like hit piece. But I think what the hit piece proves is he was in it. He has no desire to deny being in it. Sure. And that this was a ritual that was shared, you know, a similar ritual. But it seems a lot less secret. Like they meet for dinner. It's not like this... It doesn't seem to be the same level of creepiness. He's not quite as elite as the elites. He's like, he's like lower tier elite, lower tier elite. Yeah. So that just cracked me up Mm -hmm. that he's part of the ancient eight. I want to show you the the logo for St. Elmo though. Yeah. Cause it is creepy. (laughs) It's like a goat horse dragon. With a mermaid tail. With a mermaid, with a, like a forked mermaid tail. It's like tail. an almost, it's like almost a chimera, but not. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird and, and kind of, I mean, it's satanic, right? It, it well, is. It's, it's the, it's the crossbreeding Nephilim shit is what it is. It's like, that's what it is, right? right? Which is so, funny because St. Elmo was a Catholic saint. Well, <laughs> remember, well, actually it was funny because I posted one of our, I was actually going through our, um, older videos this week yeah. and like cutting clips from some, some stuff that I thought was good that I never uh, cut before. And one of the things I posted today was about uh, St. Christopher mm-hmm. and St. Christopher was the dog headed saint. So yeah. there is some, some weird stuff going on. Stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, somebody said, yeah, Hicktown honey said D list elite. That's what <laughs> it is. Though, right? is D list elite. Yeah. Okay. I want, I'm going to talk more about all the other secret societies. My current plan is not this Thursday, but next Thursday to go through the rest of the ancient eight and just give you an overview of what they are, what they're about. So that's so you where get we'll the leave B through D list. So, uh, secret societies yeah. of Yale. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll leave St. Elmo and DeSantis for uh, later, mm-hmm. but I wanted to kind of wrap this up and talk about, a lot of people dismiss what Skull and Bones does as just just networking. But the idea is that they have so much incredible loyalty to each other that they're presume that they seem to be setting it over civic duties. So they're following a different set of rules. They're loyal to each other as opposed to their constituents if they're politicians or as opposed to the truth in the media or morality and finance. So when you have a loyalty network like that, that's that tight, that spans all of these areas of life, and they're all very powerful, it starts to be a problem. But it starts to be a problem that's difficult to even, like, there's nothing illegal about it. 
Right. There's nothing yeah. illegal with well, having friends. I mean, you can collusion. Yes, but the the the, the crooking and the the others. Yeah, but well, I hear what yeah. you're saying. <laughs> but it's it's hard. It having a secret hard. society is not illegal. Right. Yeah. And it would be hard. It would be very hard to prove. Oh, you did this because somebody asked you to, instead of you just did it because you wanted to, because you just mm-hmm. genuinely believe this was the story that you should publish in your in your thing today or whatever. Sure. It's uh. We've seen that before plenty of times. Remember when Hillary Clinton got caught emailing the yeah. stories to the newspapers before they printed them? Mm. Yeah. yeah. So when a society has a lot of powerful members like this, we have a tendency to attribute everything that the members do to the agenda of this society. <clears throat> right. And if they're in political power, particularly doing things that we don't like, we tend to assume that they have an evil globalist agenda. Um, so f- some examples of like the bad things that, we know skull and bones have been involved in it's like they were involved with the creation of the cia they were involved in the business plot and playing both sides of the world wars um and we have a clip of of bush from 1991 talking about the new world order yeah and they were in the council form relations and the Mm -hmm. trilateral commission Mm -hmm. and i think at one point it was like 50% 50% of the CFR was like bones yeah. or something like yeah. that. Yeah. 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 So oh, they're, they're everywhere. Oh yeah, for sure. And it's, and I don't want to downplay it. Do you mm-hmm. want to play a clip real quick? I do. And I have a theory on, uh, uh, we'll get to it mm-hmm. at the end, but I, I have something to add to what you're saying. So yeah, yeah, we'll check this clip out. This is HW. What is at stake is more than one small country. It is a big idea, a new world order where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind, peace and security, freedom and the rule of law. So I say we must clean the house. Yeah. I don't want to hear Bill talk about racism. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I want to take a second really quick just to to promote uh, locals because uh, so if you guys are not familiar with what's happened in the news this last week, I feel like a lot of people that are our age and younger really don't know who Henry Kissinger is. And when you hear the name New World Order coming out of George H.W. Bush's mouth, you should understand that that concept came from and was pushed by a guy behind Mm -hmm. the scenes called Henry Kissinger. He died last week and we're going to talk about him tomorrow on our um, unhinged episode because I feel like the story there is that. Yes, Henry Kissinger is dead, but the New World Order that he helped build is pushing on. He raised up people like Klaus Schwab, and he was behind the whole New World Order branding of George H.W. Bush and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So if you guys are interested in more of that type of stuff, please consider coming over to conspiracypilled.locals.com, supporting us there, or on rockfin.com slash conspiracypilled. Um, Because I feel like that's just one of those things that a lot of people don't understand. Like, they heard Henry Kissinger died, and like, well, who and why and what does it matter? So I want to get into that tomorrow. But yeah, so talk about this clip. Okay, so what I want to talk about in general is how do you know? I think that there's a tendency to make something that's actually pretty mundane and simple and insidious into something bigger and somehow also easier to... You make a mundane thing into a monster and then it feels easier to deal with. Sure, sure, yeah. We have a whole bunch of elites who were all friends with each other through this through this society and then friends with each other through other means. <clears throat> and they're all shitty people and they're all pursuing their own power and wealth and they're using their relationships 
And I don't think we have to, I don't think it has to be as big as, oh, they have this, this, this massive agenda. I think that they're just part of the demonic agenda because they don't serve God and they are serving themselves. And so therefore they're going to be, everybody who's like that is going to be serving the satanic agenda for the world, whatever that is. And I, I tend to not believe most of the time that a secret society always has a secret nefarious agenda that's like super cohesive. I think that they're just yeah. all out for their own stuff and it syncs up. Yeah, I've said this before, but if you want a grand theory of everything that I subscribe to, it's not that there is like one dude running a group called the Illuminati who's yeah. sitting in a chair and there's a, a table and these, you know, people all meet up and they, mm -hmm. you know, <clears throat> I think there's all kinds of secret societies and we're going to be talking about them uh, on the show in the future coming up. And I think that there are a lot of uh, plans that get put out like the um, well, we'll talk about certain documents, certain plans, certain people like we'll be talking about Henry Kissinger tomorrow and his mm -hmm. plans and stuff like that. But if you want one unified theory of why it seems like there's someone running the world when mm -hmm. it's like, well, there's, you know, there's this society, but they seem to be at odds with this society. And Klaus Schwab's maybe not friends with uh, uh, what's his face, the the evil guy in America. Oh, I always forget his uh, name. Soros. <laughs> George Soros. It seems like they're maybe not on the same page, but what they are on the same page with is they're all satanic, right? They're all part yeah. of these uh, groups who, when you boil them down, you break it down all the way to like wh who they really worship. Mm -hmm. It's uh, Luciferian Satan, you know, fallen angel demon worship type stuff. That's my point. It's like the spiritual forces are the ones who are like behind all of yeah. these people. They're all worshiping. You can see like in their imagery, they're all worshiping certain fallen angel, uh, small G gods. Mm -hmm. So, to me, it just makes sense that it's like, of course, it seems like the world is being run by a, a unified force because it's it's a force of fallen angel mm. worship. You know, they're all just worshiping okay. the same gods or or gods who are like in cahoots to like destroy uh, what is good in the world, I guess. A hundred percent. So that's kind of my way of softening all of it. And but but then but then there's Lee Bardugo. Lee Bardugo is a. Why a author who has switched over to writing adult now? She writes both now. Mm -hmm. uh, very, very popular. One, one of the like top anything she writes is going to sell ridiculously J.K. Rowling level people. And she has been part of kind of pushing some of this. It's okay if you sleep with a demon stuff. Right, yeah. She went to Yale. And her, her first... Her first series for adults starts with Ninth House. Eh, eh, there we go. Yeah, you have it on screen. Yep. Starts with Ninth House. And the idea is that it's the Ancient Eight and then the Ninth House. This reminds me of the Ninth Gate, which we'll have to do an episode about in the future. But yeah. So the pre the premise of this and then and then the sequel, which I just started and I, I'm not very far into yet, is Hellbent. Oh, my wine's red. Yeah. Ah, okay. Got a special edition. Hee <laughs> hee. It is pretty. Um, with a dead rabbit on the cover and everything. They're so creepy. They're creepy. Yeah. But what it what it what it's about is that all the secret societies are doing real demonic rituals, right. and the ninth house is the one that's kind of keeping them all in check, because. They are dealing, a lot of them are seniors who have never been part of these societies before dealing with things that they don't understand and can't control. And so they have this separate, 
house that does know. That does seem so accurate, though, doesn't it? Because you're right. It's like these are one year in these secret societies mm-hmm. at Yale, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, but like, where's the where's the structure coming from? Like, who's overseeing it? It does seem like there has to be some type it's of oversight. Be something. Yeah. Like you said, like a ninth house. So it's crazy. Yeah. And even in ninth house, and, and I'm going to do some work between now and Thursday um, to try to figure out how much liberty she's taken and how much she's telling the mm-hmm. truth about what kind of is true about these societies. But she seems to make it out that scroll and key is, is, is more significant. That's what a lot of people I've listened to have said. They're like, this is like uh, a yeah. skull and bones, a little bit of a, a, you know, look at this hand and not this hand. Cause scroll and key seems to be like the, the big one. Yeah. So at least in her world, scroll and key is doing more rituals than some of the others. But it's it's just interesting to me that like there's somebody out there who's part of this revelation of the method stuff, part of pushing all of this demonic stuff on young people. And of course, this was written for adults. Um, but she's saying out loud, yeah, the rituals, they're real. Yeah. Of course, it's, I'm it's, glad, fantasy. it's fantasy. I'm glad you brought up fantasy because the, the example that's been driving me, uh, like I've been <laughs> wanting to speak about it for the last 20 minutes, actually came into my head. It's from one of my favorite books uh, I've talked about before, so I'll take a second to talk about it now, yeah, it. Uh, is Red Rising. Because my theory on these seems to actually fit in with the way that, that world, that universe speaks about it. And in, in Red Rising, there's all these elite people mm-hmm. and their elite children go to this elite school. Mm. And in this elite school, there are 12 houses. And the 12 ah. houses all are the 12 houses of the pan the roman pantheon so you've got mars and ceres and and mm-hmm. whatever whatever right jupiter and so on and in this school they all have their own houses and they're all stealing from each other and they're all doing rituals and they're all trying to compete mm-hmm. so that way they can get positions in government in the yeah. real world in the real and world in the military and in industry and all these things so what they do in the school matters. The secret society that they get into matters. In fact, the societies are, again, so secret they can never tell anybody about them mm-hmm. outside of it. They wear the rings. They wear the rings says, I was House Mars, I was House yeah. Jupiter, I was whatever. And people know that and they know about the school, but they don't know what happens because it's illegal upon punishment of death to tell people outside of the school what happens. Yeah. So only people who've been to the school and receive a mark upon their face that lets people know that they graduated from the school <laughs> can talk to each other about it, right? So, and the people who are outside of the school can actually watch in and monitor and it's being monitored by former members of the school. So like, it seems kind of like chaotic, but over, overneath, over top of these schools are these like headmasters. Mm -hmm. It's kind of, you know, so my point is like, yes, these secret societies matter. I don't think that skull and bones controls the world. I think that skull and bones is the initiation into the bigger grand schemes, right. the bigger secret societies, the bigger groups, the tribalism. And again, there's still tribalism. These people are mm-hmm. literally openly controlling the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's still tribalism. There's still, we're not fully on the same page, but we all have these gods that we worship. We all have this membership into this mm-hmm. elite club and we're going to, going to compete to control the world together, but kind of not together. And if I had to like sum up what I think these are, I think it's exactly the way that Red Rising talks about. Yeah. And this comes from a guy who was not part of these secret societies, but he was a guy who, before he wrote this book, worked in politics. Uh, so yeah. I find it very interesting that he might have some insight into like, oh, this is how it works. Right. So. Yeah. Um, going back to the beginning where I said Yale has preserved some cultural things that I th- sometimes I wonder if the real conspiracy is that 
we never got rid of aristocracy. But that's what it is, right? It's just aristocracy. Uh, yeah, it's just. <clears throat> and, and, yeah, and I think that is the thing, right? Um, Yale has just preserved that. And, mm-hmm. and people will even say about the connubial bliss ritual where you have to talk about all your sex stuff, <clears throat> that the point of that was to preserve bloodlines, to have all of this um, accountability with each other like, oh yeah, I've, I've done some stuff, but I got to like smarten up and, and not have kids with somebody who's not an appropriate bloodline. This is just one of the theories, but it, it does seem like when you come down to it, aristocracy has actually been preserved in ways that we don't realize. And they have operated within the free democratic republic Mm-hmm. system that we think we have what we've never had. It's always been an aristocracy. Answered Seder says it's aristocracy with extra black magic necromancy steps. Well, I wouldn't yes. say it's extra. I think all the aristocracies have, <laughs> have been into black magic for, forever and they're just continuing that in America. Mm-hmm. It's just like we talked about on the business plot with capitalism. Like mm-hmm. we believe we live in a democracy or a republic or a yeah. re- representational republic with a capitalist system. But when you really look down to it, we live under an aristocracy with a corporatist system. Yeah. And that's why it, it frustrates me. It's like the left will point out the problems with that, but they come at it from a, the wrong way as they always do. And then the right feels this knee jerk reaction to defend it. And I'm like, what you're defending is not what we have. It's yes. like what we talked about on Saturday with the constitution. It's like the left will say the constitution, do, you know, doesn't, it's just a piece of paper and the right's like, no, it's not. And it's like, well, in practice it is though. Like you're not defending it. Nobody's abiding by it. So right. like, uh, you know, it's like, I feel like the right is constantly trying to defend something that just doesn't exist or is not in practice. And it's <laughs> and we so should be frustrating. It. We yeah. need to be, if we're going to fix it, we don't have a constitution. We don't have a capitalist system. We don't have a, a rep- representational Republic. Like mm-hmm. we have those in name only. And, it, and it's so frustrating to try to get people to understand. It's like the thing that you want to defend, you're having trouble. There's like some cringiness around like, well, it's hard to defend that because it looks it's really been bad dead because it's, yeah, it's dead. It's not, you're, not, you're not defending the thing. You're defending the mm-hmm. opposite of it. Yeah. It, this, you talked about Hegel earlier. That's the Hegelian dialectic, right? Yes. This is like, both of them are defending the same damn thing. Like, it, it, and it comes back to Freemasonry. It's like mm-hmm. left path, right path. You know, we'll, we'll tear it down. We'll give you this middle path, this middle pillar. Um, but that's what they're doing, right? It's yeah. it's just sorry, I'm ranting yeah. now. Like uh, I think my my final conclusion is just that skull and bones is just a subsection of the elite. Yeah. And we know what the elite's agenda is. I don't think we have to like worry about, oh no, we got to figure out what the skull and bones secret agenda is. We know what the agenda of elites is. They're it's, implementing it's it in front of your face. Obvious. Yeah. 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 So skull and bones is part of it. Yeah. So Absolutely. That's there you have it. Folks, Skull and Bones is part of the globalist agenda. All right. right, Well, for you audio listeners, we're going to take this over and just chat with people live. Normally, we would turn off uh, YouTube and stuff like that. I'm a little hesitant to do it right now because talking about uh, St. Elmo, we have Ron DeSantis on stage uh, debating other people uh, currently. So Rumble might face some issues. Yeah. So we're just going to keep this up everywhere. We'll keep it up on X and everything like that. So if you're an audio listener, please come over to rumble.com slash conspiracy pill. Check us out there. Follow us there. Um, or if you uh, just want to listen to this, you can come over to conspiracypill.locals.com. We upload the audio podcast with this bonus part where it's some people don't want to listen to it. It's why we don't just include it everywhere. It's mm-hmm. kind of just back and forth the audience. We look at memes and stuff like that. It's probably better to watch. Uh, but uh, thank you for presenting that, Abby. I appreciate it. 
Uh, thank you guys for being here. And uh, if one of the best ways you can support this podcast for free is to leave us a five-star review. And we don't freaking have any to read tonight, guys. We have oh, to get some five-star reviews to read. So uh, leave us a five-star review and we will read it on the show. So, All right. See ya. All right. We'll see you over on uh, Rumble. Peace out, everyone. God bless. Bye.